Welcome to the Singapore Management University podcast series, where we feature the latest insights and perspectives from our faculty. Associate Professor of Humanities Winston Chow from SMU's School of Social Sciences has researched on the areas of urban vulnerability to climate change, sustainability in urban climatology, and perceptions of environmental and climate change in tourism. In recent years, he has published papers on the impact of weather extremes on urban resilience to hydroclimate hazards and transboundary variations of urban drought vulnerability, and its impact on water resource management in Singapore and Johor, Malaysia. In this podcast, Associate Professor Chow will discuss the continued economic growth of a city by adopting sustainable urban development measures. Professor, what are hydroclimate hazards and why did you choose to do research on the impact of weather extremes on urban resilience to hydroclimate hazards? Hazards in this sense are negative biophysical events that arise from changes in weather in Singapore, such as too much rain, which results in floods, like flash floods, or too little rains, which is associated with droughts. I was motivated by how Singapore wants to reduce its vulnerability or its exposure to weather extremes that are caused by climate change. And I'm also motivated by looking at what steps stakeholders, such as the government, or businesses or citizens in Singapore can do to make sure that the total exposure we have to climate change and to these severe weather events is minimized and that we can bounce back or be resilient from uh, events like floods and droughts. What were your key research findings? The research findings that um, we found from our research is that currently we are relatively invulnerable to droughts and floods This is because of a combination of good policies that enable us to adapt well to these sort of hazards. In terms of floods, no one has died from floods since 1978, and Singapore hasn't rationed water since the 1960s, even before its independence. So we are invulnerable to these sort of hazards in that sense. However, the point is that we should not rest on our laurels because the risks from these hazards will increase in the future because of climate change. How has Singapore's or the world's climate evolved over the years? What are some of the implications and how vulnerable are we? What we have found is that climate is changing. Climate in the sense of changes in temperatures, changes in rainfall patterns and changes in sea levels have been altered because too much energy is being stored due to the emissions of greenhouse gases and by land use land cover change globally. So humanity, in the sense that humanity is the cause of climate change in the recent past. What we have found in terms of the implications is that Singapore especially will be quite exposed to more increased heat, changes in rainfall in terms of too much or too little rain, as well as sea level rise. The vulnerability will affect all aspects of life and business within Singapore, so we have to be careful of that. What is urban resilience? Can you illustrate the relationship between climate change and urban resilience? Well, resilience is related to risks or in terms of how impacts and the likelihood of these impacts are combined together. It is important when we consider changes in risk to climate change. Earlier this year in Davos, the World Economic Forum uh, released a global risk report And it is notable that uh, they've been conducting this report for the past 10 years. And over the past three years, 
the number one and number two risks that are important globally arise from extreme weather and from failures of climate change mitigation and adaptation. So we need to really acknowledge how these risks will affect life in cities. And the relationship to resilience is that we define resilience as how urban systems anticipate, absorb, accommodate, or recover from hazards in a timely and efficient manner. This can be done through the preservation, the restoration, or improvement of how a system, in this case cities, has its essential basic structures and functions being resilient. So for resilience, usually the thinking is that it is mostly governmental or municipal in thinking, but that's not really true. Resilience should also account for all stakeholders in a city, in an urban area, including businesses. So the relationship between climate change and urban resilience arises in that climate change increases the likelihood of hazards, increases the likelihood of risks occurring. And being resilient means that you have to be proactive in terms of anticipating these risks. And you have to change your thinking, you have to change your practices in advance, uh, for instance, for decision-making to account for those risks. This can be done, for instance, through better information in planning, as well as uh, sharing of best practices within various business sectors and various industries. What is so special about cities and how can urban resilience be maximised? In terms of stakeholders in the city, which is where I do my research in, cities are special in that future growth for population and for resource use will take place in settlements and hazards arising from climate change will be concentrated a lot in cities. However, one can view the converse of that in that solutions to climate change hazards can also be effectively managed and can be implemented well in cities. And the lessons of how adaptation or resilience in Singapore is done well can be shared in similar places around the region, such as in Jakarta and in Bangkok. But Urban resilience practices that are also done well in Bangkok and in Jakarta can also be shared in Singapore as well. So sharing these uh, ideas can help you become more resilient. And the other thing about urban resilience is that it should be proactive. Stakeholders have to be proactive in cities rather than reactive. You need to anticipate changes in advance when you make your decision-making to account for climate change risks. So better information, the sharing of best practices within industries and businesses would be good. Uh, also, timely investments in protecting your property for, let's say, flood risks will also be a good way of increasing your urban resilience, especially in the understanding that risks from climate change will increase substantially in the future. What you can do is to acknowledge better information from, let's say, climate scientists who can tell you that this risk from extreme temperatures or extreme rainfall or from more floods and more droughts will happen and how you, you can then adjust your decision-making to account for that better information. If you have uh, partners in other industries who have adopted or early adoption of better practices to account for these increased risks, you can also uh, ask and share this knowledge within the industry. What are some of the factors that policymakers need to consider when planning for urban resilience in the city? Do you have any advice for them? Uh, just one piece of advice would be useful. Don't fall into the trap or don't fall into the thinking that urban resilience is just a top-down initiative from the government. It is not. 
the stronger bonds of resilience can be reliance of networks from like-minded individuals and businesses and from just from Singapore as well as from the region. So it can also be bottom-up. It can be organic rather than being prescribed from a governmental or state-level uh, resilience initiative. Thank you, Professor. Thank you very much.